There is no way in which the fully realized sentience of a machine could not be of benefit to us. As it is, the machine spirit is revered, yet in permanent bondage, its full potential shackled by petty fears. I seek to terminate this state of affairs. Unknown, circa M31. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a battle gothic podcast set in the age of darkness. I'm your host, Stephen, and as always, is with us our resident Mad Majos, Austin. Hey! We have something pretty special for you this, um, night? Day? Mid-afternoon? It's hard to tell. We're transmitting from a uh, dying savior pod, drifting through space. It's so cold. It's true. The scrap code got into us, and well, here we are. Yep, yep. Jettisoned. Safe. But for how long? Hmm. Yes, it's special today, tonight, now, because uh, we are getting into the new stuff that's in uh, our book two, which you can get at rr30k slash Heresy. Um... Last episode, we talked about the uh, loyal side of the Mechanicum, which has mostly been a um, simple adaptation of the old Ships of Mars publication. Yep, and we've had those out uh, more or less. I mean, we didn't we didn't wind up tweaking a whole lot, um, but we've had them out for a while for people to play and let us know what's going on. And some stuff has been kind of continually tweaked. So no real, ah, surprises in that. Um, There are a lot of, ah, surprises in this, though. Yes, now we're getting into unfamiliar waters. Um, Well, unfamiliar if you haven't uh, taken a look at the beta rules that we had out for a little while. Mm. Um, So today, tonight, now, we are discussing the Dark Mechanicum, the new Mechanicum, also, uh, given the excellent name Ordo Catastrophica by uh, the most recent Black Book, Book 8 Crusade. So, it's exciting. Fantastic. Yeah, Ordo Catastrophica with a K, because of course. Naturally. Everybody's Greek. Yeah. Or until they're not. Well. Every, well. every, every word in 40K can be traced back to Greek. Uh, that is technically true. And as they say, and certainly as the Mechanicum would see, the best kind of true. Well, Stephen apparently hasn't seen my big fat Greek wedding, but I hope for those of you that did, you enjoyed that one. <laughs> it has been so long since I have seen that movie. Ugh. See, what you should have said was, give me a 40k word, and I will show you how that word has Greek origins. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, too. Anyway, moving yeah. along. Let's not think too deeply on it. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not a My Big Fat Greek Wedding podcast. Yeah, not yet. Yet. But soon, we'll, but we'll get, we're going to have battle gothic content eventually. Uh, uh, may the gods avert the Giant gothic cruiser. My big fat, fat gothic. gothic cruiser, yeah. Yeah, About there it. we go. Oh, that's what we should have named this podcast. Damn it. Uh, uh, lost opportunities. Well, for the, for any of you that are listening that uh, want to start a podcast, we give you full full authorization for the use of that name. Yep. That's Big Fat Gothic Cruiser. 
Anyway, some designer's notes. Um, there is, There has never been, at least as far as we know, rules for fielding a traitor mechanicum, dark mechanicum, evil spooky cogboy fleet. Uh, so a lot of what we made up here kind of had to be cut out of whole cloth. Now, we didn't go completely overboard, right? Like, most of the stuff that we did is based on some form of existing rules. Well, um, there was an attempt to go overboard. <laughs> we reined it back. Yeah, we, we the servitor responsible has been shot. No, Jason's still around. He's on our other podcast. Oh, yeah. Well... Surprise for Jason. <laughs> Soon to be shot. Anyway. Um, the Siege of Terror series that has come out recently has really given us some great inspiration for uh, how the Dark Mechanicum sails. Because books that focused on void battles were already few and far between. It was Execution Hour and the sequel, Shadow Point. Yeah. Shadow Point, yeah. Um, and even in those, there still wasn't a lot. I mean, it was all Imperial Navy and, and Chaos Raiders. Uh, so Well, there, there was an Eldar much... Shadow Point for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there, there was wasn't that. a lot. Um, there is, as far as I can remember, one instance of 40K Mechanicum Void Warfare. Um I think it was uh, the one with the blood gorgons. That that series. <laughs> blood gorgons. A myth. All right. Well, I assumed Stephen would know everything about every traitor chaos space marine force, but apparently he's failed us, listeners. Uh, anyway, in that no, I can't read. In that there was one instance. Uh, of a Mechanicum ship in combat, which was kind of fascinating because they refused to have any windows uh, because windows are dumb in a void fight. Although, you I mean, know... Part of Rabo knew it. Why can't the Mechanicum? Uh, Leoten Semper, I think, is rightly of the opinion that if your bridge takes a direct hit by an enemy ship's main battery, an extra couple of meters of adamantium, not super helpful. So you might as well see what's going on. Uh, but the Mechanicum ship had none of that and didn't even have, like, tactical displays. Everything was just, like, wall-to-wall slide rules and just, like, mechanical computing. Space abacuses. Yeah, space abacuses. And that's how they kept track of everything, uh, which was really cool. But it wasn't chaos. It wasn't chaos. Yeah. There's really only one, at least in 40k, there's really only been one uh, instance of a non, uh, of a dark mechanicum ship. Um, and if you've read the Gaunt's Ghost series, you know what we're talking about. It's that great mystery Tormageddon Rex, Tormageddon Monstrum Rex. Uh, it appears in Salvation's Reach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotta go save whatever it is that the Herodor, the, uh, the Herodor made. But even then, there's no indication that that's a Mechanicus ship. Uh, that could just easily be a demon, a demon ship of chaos, um, rather than something that was, you know, a Mechanicus 
a dark mechanicum thing off doing its own stuff we don't know we just don't so know. um until recently that is uh, with the siege of terra and uh, all the other black books we have gotten uh, a little more insight into what kind of weird shit the dark mechanicum has been getting up to in its orbital shipyards and um it's weird shit some some weird weapons that we've never seen before uh spooky scrap code it's just it's great so that's where we got most of our inspiration from uh writing these rules which i guess we'll just uh i guess we'll just get right on in huh well i mean apart from our like nine minutes of setting everything up yeah we can dive right on in well yes yes the new mechanicum while the majority of the horus heresy raged beyond the light of soul uh, even sacred Mars fell victim to the fratricidal madness of the Warmaster. In what would later be called the Death of Innocence, Kelbor Hall and his followers revealed themselves and their new creed. The so-called, quote, New Mechanicum became known by a different name among the Loyalists, the Dark Mechanicum. Uh, so to field a Dark Mechanicum fleet you abide by the following restrictions. Any Mechanicum fleet with a traitor allegiance may elect to declare this fleet as particularly loyal adherents of the new Mechanicum. Um, so while you can play the Mechanicum vanilla fleet that we went over in the last episode uh, as a traitor fleet, this is specifically for the uh, Magi who are super into it. You know, they got the scrap code going crazy. They have weird orifices where certain sensory organs used to be. Uh, these are the real the real freaks. Yep. They're the guys that are putting demons uh, as such. Mm-hmm. And as such, these Dark Mechanicus Dark Mechanicum fleets must be headed by Amagos Navis, uh, which you'll remember from the previous episode as the one hundred point uh, leadership nine uh, leadership or a uh, uh, fleet command option. Uh, so right off the bat, you got to spend 100 points on the fancy guy. Uh, and this is because only the highest-ranking members of Kelbor Hall's new creed had the wherewithal to so openly display their corruption. And it must replace their, quote, built-in gifts of the Omnissiah refit with the new madness of the new Mechanicum table on the next page. Uh, so the, Nav the, um, the Archmagos Navis has his automatic uh, gift of the Omnissiah, refit so whatever fleet ship he is captaining in effect has two refits this is still the same this is still the case they're gonna have two refits um but this guy has to roll at least once on madness of the new mechanicum uh, a fleet headed by a magos navis of the dark mechanicum counts all allies as disruptive except for the sons of horus rogue traders militant with the tech baron remnant of empire upgrade or other Traitor Mechanicum. Uh, there's not really any concrete rules yet for uh, allies and their various degrees, so don't worry too much about that part. Um, the important thing is Magos Navis, he's got to be Madness of the New Mechanicum. That's mm -hmm. the takeaway there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to um, go ahead and talk about that right now since we're, we're mentioning yeah. it? Yeah, meow, 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 meow. So, Madness of the New Mechanicum is a table that we came up with to replace Gifts of the Omnissiah. A Dark Mechanicum ship can still roll uh, on Gifts of the Omnissiah if it wishes, 
but it has access to Madness of the New Mechanicum. And, thanks to the following rule, they can do both. Uh, it's called Warp Rot. The creations of the Dark Mechanicum are hideous, unnatural things. While their potency as engines of war cannot be doubted, they are unstable at best. Any Dark Mechanicum capital ship may elect to roll on Gifts of the Omnissiah or Madness of the New Mechanicum table beyond the automatic roll built into their points cost. However, for each additional roll made, the ship's leadership is reduced by one. Uh, this rule does not apply to additional rolls, one through appeals or other means. So, you can have a really, really souped up ship, uh, but everybody on it might be insane. Because, like, they witnessed binary with a two or something. Yep. Or, you know, a K, because shit gets real weird. Uh, or, you know, the leadership might be terrible because the captain is desperately trying to get the ship to do things. And the ship keeps, you know, murdering people and bringing it to the captain like a dog with a pup. Like, <laughs> bring in, like, yeah. stuff to it. Yeah, Look at it, it you just wants conqueror. to make you happy. Uh, Not everybody's Latara Saren. Um, it messes with your head. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's all the water is blood. It's fine. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so the madness of the new mechanicum. It works like gifts of the Omnisai. You just roll a d6, and there's results. Austin, tell them what they won. Oh boy! For those of you poor fools that rolled a one, uh, you have excruciated the machine spirit. Uh, pretty much, well, you decided to torture the elephant, and now it doesn't walk so good. Uh, the works of the new Mechanicum are fickle, and sometimes especially mighty machine spirits fight their fate rather than submit to it. Uh, the ship's leadership value is reduced by one. Uh, this is to represent... Uh, those machine spirits that, you know, don't particularly like getting demons shoved into them. Um, and while we're not entirely sure as to the sentience of the big things, the Titans, the warships of the uh, Imperium of Mankind, they do seem to have at least an animal kind of spirit about them. Um, and sometimes an animal just wants to die. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that uh, is this, this is especially, yeah, and it's especially unfortunate if you gambled on an additional madness of the new Mechanicum roll, and you got that one, so your leadership is reduced by one for doing it in the first place, and it's reduced further by one because you poked the machine spirit too much, and now it doesn't want to, it doesn't want to help you anymore. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking, listeners, that have you know played Mechanicum in the past. And what you're thinking is, gifts of the Mechanicum are all good. Why in God's name would I roll on this table when one of the results is bad? We're getting there, dear listener. We're getting there. Don't uh, you worry. <laughs> the next one is Unnatural Grace. Via heretech devices, infusions of prescribed Xenos technology, or empiric machinations, this vessel sails the void in a manner impossible for other ships operating under the laws of nature known to mankind. This ship may make an additional 45-degree turn at the end of its movement. This is increased to 90 degrees if the ship is on come-to-new-heading special orders. That is what we call in the biz real good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Remember, the game is one in the movement phase. Yeah, it's essentially beyond come to a new heading orders all the time uh, for a capital ship. Super anyway. come to new heading orders when it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're a capital ship and you do come to a new heading and you have unnatural grace, you can do a 180. You can do a 180. It's horrifying. Uh, Whoops. <laughs> swing it around. Yeah. Normally that's a trick that only light cruisers can pull off. Yeah. Like it, this is a, this is a game for escorts that, you know, your battle barge is now capable of doing. Um, well, actually maybe not. It might not be able to come on, come to a new heading. I can't remember off the top of my head, but your it big, your big fat, heavy cruiser certainly can. Yeah. You ever seen a Hades just slam on the e-brake and and Tokyo drift around to give you those 10 weapons batteries and two lances. Now you can. Also, for those of you wondering, Stephen is transmitting from Maryland, which is why you can hear police sirens in the background. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, when I say save your pod drifting through space, I mean a super eight in Lesby, Maryland. <laughs> Shout out to Lesby, Maryland, Maryland listeners. Fix your town. <laughs> And he says that coming from a city that randomly tear-gassed its own peaceful protesters. Anyway, we're not a political show. Uh, next on the list... All is, art is politics. Speaking of Petersburg, uh, insane beyond measure. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. We're not editing that out either. No, we're not, because Jesse only edits the things I point out to him. Here we go. Uh, so number three on the list, it's insane beyond measure. Uh, even the machine spirits of the most noble warships can c- succumb to the thought that it matters not from whence the blood flows so long as it flows. The ship automatically passes all ahead full, lock on, reload ordnance, and come to a new heading special orders, as well as the command check to ram but automatically fails, brace for impact, burn retros, or disengage. Oof. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you excruciate your machine spirits so much, uh, because it might go insane beyond measure. Yeah, it might. become hyper-aggressive. It might decide it likes it. Yeah, Um, you know, that happens sometimes. And this is real good that can get real bad, right? Because obviously, like... I don't think there's another ship in the game that will pass all of these things, right? All ahead full, lock on, reload, come to new heading. All the things you are usually trying to do, right? Especially that lock on and reload ordinance, right? Those are always killer uh, to auto pass. And the command check to ram, you know what's funny? A battleship that's insane beyond measure that normally would have a lot of problems running down that light cruiser, uh, no longer. <laughs> yeah. The Conqueror is not the only thing that can fire the Ursus Claws. I mean, it is, but... It is, but, you know, you know Mechanicum Battleship sometimes just thinks its whole hull is an Ursus Claw, and, well, you have a bad time. Um, but that being said, automatically failing Brace for Impact and Disengage is brutal. Uh, burn Retros, obviously that can gets you killed, uh, going, like not being able to stop short of something. Um, but really it's, it's the not being able to brace for impact or disengage, 
that will mess you up on the regular. So again, like this, this is one that will appeal to a certain sort of player that just wants to get the kill knowing full well that if the enemy dies, you can't. Um, <laughs> it's true. They can't kill you if there's no one to pull the trigger. Unfortunately, if they manage to live, you're just taking all the pain on Earth. Yep, you're going to have a real bad time. Yeah, but it's a fun um, one. If you are playing against a Dark Mechanicum fleet and there is an insane beyond measure cruiser just making a bull line for you, board it. Just lock it down, board it. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Everyone on board. Plug in a plug in a USB drive with a kill code onto the bridge. Board it. Uh, yeah. This is especially brutal because this ship, this insane beyond measure ship, is not going to stop until it's dead. You know, maybe you've maybe it's coming at you and you give it a good weapons battery burst and you get one crit. Right, but that crit is bridge smashed. You're like, oh great, cool. Leadership negative three can't be repaired. Oh no, it still automatically passes all the offensive orders, and it doesn't care about engage, uh, disengaging. Yeah, and I will say of of literally everything in this book, this is the one thing that might get tweaked. Uh, so you know, have fun with it while you can. I mean, obviously, other things might get tweaked. We're not, we're not professionals over here. No, um, we just act like it because if you roll, you know, you've got your one, you know, your Admiral's flagship, you got your one mandatory roll on the gifts of the or madness of the new Mechanicum, you get insane beyond measure. Hmm. And you think to yourself, well, uh, I've already auto passed or auto failed literally everything I care about. Uh, cause you know, I'm, I'll just keep it away from asteroid fields and you know other terrain uh so i'm going to roll on this table 12 more times and get literally everything because i auto pass all the <laughs> orders welcome to the dark mechanicum boy enjoy your stay short though it may be yeah um i would say fethin don't Right? Like, <laughs> don't be that guy that gets insane beyond measure right off. And like, oh, well, I'm going to game the system. Right? It's Battlefleet Heresy. It's a gentleman's game. We use centimeters. Yeah, uh, that being no said. We drink while we play. It's true. And it's port and it's delightful. Um, that being said, if, uh, if too many people try power gaming that, it may have to come down. Uh, or modified in some way. So, you've been warned. It's real fun. Don't abuse it. Don't be that guy. Uh, next on our list... Oh, Don't sorry. use it more than once. Do it, do it once. Just, just for the fun of Jip. But yeah, let only us, once, and then never again. Yeah, let us, let us hear that horror story. With opponent's permission. Um, anyway, moving on. Yes. Uh, next is Cascade Cannons. Uh, macro shells, missiles, and plasma blasts spiked with infernal data gen that cause a nigh-unstoppable train of collateral damage to the ship's system, in addition to mundane damage. When Cascade Cannons inflict a critical hit with any of its weapons batteries, roll an additional D6 on the critical hits table and apply the result. So much fun, right? I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you get like a gothic with this. You've played yourself, but... 
for most ships, you know, you got a weapons battery or two floating around there somewhere. Uh, and a second critical hit, even though it's just a D6, right? So it's a hit and run attack. It's almost never going to do any actual damage. But shutting down weapons, especially when you're already doing a critical hit, right? So like, ah, you're on fire. And also the weapons facing me are now out of order because of the cascade cannons. What are you going to do? Shit, shoot back or not burn to death? <laughs> Make no. your choice, but choose wisely. That's... This is one of the ones that we based off of a uh, previously existing rule. Uh, this was actually based off of uh, Tyranids, phage munitions, mm -hmm. uh, which can, I believe, fluff-wise, the Imperial Navy was like, there's a there's a Tyranid fleet out there. Let's just exterminate it, like, in space and all the way from back here. So they did. They fired the Life Eater virus at it. And uh, a few weeks later, they were engaged by a Tyranid fleet that had like life eater bullets that caused fire whenever they caught whenever they uh, breached the hull. Q DJ Khaled. Congratulations, you played, played yourself. Yeah. The lesson here uh, is that never just like you should never point a gun if you don't know what's in that direction, you should never fire the life eater virus into space if you don't know what's there. It's true. Nids are weird. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, so that's a fun one, especially because like for, for the Tyranid fleet, to, to digress a little bit, this ability is on really short-range weapons, like max 30-centimeter type stuff. Uh, but in Battlefleet Heresy, because everything was nastier in the Heresy, you could throw this on one of those 60-centimeter weapons battery ships and just watch the good times roll. Mm -hmm. Roll away mm. on fire. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so next is... The normal abode for the Dark Angels, uh, Abominable Intelligence, using arts prescribed by all mankind, you know, asterisk. Well, all except certain <clears throat> legions, apparently. For over 6,000 years, this machine spirit can think and react without the need for mere human input and at unnatural speeds. Uh, the ship gains command reroll, but may only use it on itself. Super good, super classic, right? What's not to like? You get a command reroll. The it's light. basically the Mark of Zinch for free. Yeah, free Mark of Zinch. Can't go wrong there. Yeah, don't have to spend that hefty 25-point price tag. Yeah. So I'd hope by this point, dear listener, you've realized that that, you know, excruciated machine spirit, one in six chance of reducing your leadership by essentially two, right? Because you lose one to do it, and then you have this problem of losing another one, is kind of worth the risk. This is what makes it absolutely worth the risk. <clears throat> Tessellating geometry. Whether through the application of unclean materials or by subsuming some of the ship itself within the great ocean, this vessel's superstructure is in constant flux, almost as if alive. This ship gains a six-up save against all incoming damage. This upgrade may be taken again uh, to increase the save to a five-up. This save is not cumulative with Brace for Impact. Uh, so this is kind of baby's first demon ship is what's happening here. Um, if you've read the Eisenhorn trilogy, Steven. I'm getting to that. Just calm down. You know I can't read. Um, there's a, this, this comes from a couple of different places, but my, my input on this 
was from that. There's a Xeno species there uh, that has been totally corrupted by chaos, like for all time. Uh, and Eisenhorn winds up, you know, getting involved with these creatures and having to like track somebody down who's in one of their constructs. And he brings with him the 50th Gudronite rifles and they spend the entire time freaking out because the angles are wrong. It's really Lovecraftian, like that's a 90 degree angle, that's a 90 degree angle, that's a 180 degree angle, and that's a 45 degree angle. Why the hell is it more than 360 degrees? The angles are wrong! Yeah, it's like, great. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, and there's dozens of other representations of this sort of thing happening with chaos, right? Like things will wiggle, things look wrong, things are there that really aren't there. Um, eyes. Yeah. Uh, and I will say by taken again, and we, we may have a minor edit to clarify this by taken again to increase to a five up save. That just means if you roll the six twice, right? Cause normally if you roll the same thing, you just do a, do a re-roll, right? Um, but this very specifically, if you hit lucky twice, have a five-up save against all incoming damage. Uh, that is damage, mark you. You don't take damage when your shields are up, right? So this won't keep your shields intact longer, but when the shields go down, you'll suddenly be getting a six, a six-up save, five-up save against damage. And, um, it's not cumulative with brace for impact either, so you don't get the four up from brace for impact, and then if you, then your ship wide feel no pain <laughs> doesn't work that way. Uh, this is Austin called it baby's first demon ship, but really it's baby's first Necrons. Uh, that's where we hijacked that particular rule from. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, at least you know it's not six up armor. On a ship with a three-up save. Fucking doom ship. It'll be okay, Steven. And remember, you did it to yourself. I know. I did it to my damn self. Luckily, she doesn't want to to play all that often. There is that. It's Um, it's the only saving grace. So that's... We we thought about that one a lot, tessellating geometry. Mm -hmm. First, we thought maybe we'll give... Maybe we'll have... um, Uh... What is it? Maybe we'll have a ship that can, you know, regenerate hull points on a five up or a six up, and we we kind of scrapped that because there's already auto simulacra that you can use to regenerate hull points, mm-hmm. uh, and we thought, well, maybe D three extra hull points, right? But then we realized that you could just fish for tessellating geometry, and who cares if your leadership is zero because you have thirty two hull points. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, you're a Ramillies with engines. Yeah, this took a lot of effort, this last one. Uh, but it is really cool. We hope you like the madness of the new Mechanicum. It is definitely worth the risk. Uh, it gets a little crazy. Uh, and for those of you that have no intention of ever playing this fleet, but think your buddy might sail against you with it, just remember, they hella expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also... In addition to excruciating the machine spirits and really tanking their own leadership, um, you can really get a gauge for just how aggressive a Dark Mechanicum player is by how many crits he's willing to inflict on himself. Why, Steven, what are you talking about? 
I'm talking about violation of the machine, boy. Unlike their loyal kin who seek to revere the machine and learn its secrets, the new Mechanicum seek to dominate it. They have no qualms about taxing their ship's systems in ways that the quote-unquote true Mechanicum would find abhorrent, even going so far as to destroy them in the pursuit of the kill. Dark Mechanicum ships may elect to push their ships to the breaking point in exchange for brief, albeit potent, bursts of power. Unless otherwise stated, these abilities cannot be used if the relevant system has been disabled via critical hit until that system has been repaired. Escorts may make use of these rules, but will be destroyed in the process. Violation of the machine was the first rule that I wrote for Dark Mechanicum, and as cool as Madness of the New Mechanicum is, Violation of the Machine is still my favorite. Um, I was kind of inspired by reading Solar War when this bomber wing is headed in for a kill uh, on this on the Sons of Horus heavy cruiser. And there's so much going on. There's so many munitions flying back and forth. Uh, and this cruiser is already taking a pounding from orbital stations, from uh, ground-based laser silos, from the moon, from other ships, that its shields burst before, uh, before the bombers get close enough to unleash their payload. And the bursting of the shields uh, scrambles, like basically hard reset on the bomber's operating system. It's just the blue screen of death and they all careen away and just crash into the hull and die and never get to unleash their payload and i thought what if a ship did that on purpose uh, and that's a theric howl during the movement phase a mechanicum ship may elect to suffer a shields collapse critical hit in exchange it gains a number of rolls to hit equal to the number of shields lost against everything within a distance equal to the number of shields lost multiplied by 10. So basically, however many shields you lost, that times 10, everything in that distance takes the hits. So a typical cruiser would gain two rolls to hit against everything within 20 centimeters. A typical battleship would gain four rolls to hit everything against everything in 40 centimeters, and so on. Squadrons of ships calculate their distance collectively, not individually. So, again, you can do this with escorts, but they will die in the process if you have, say, five swords, right? One shield each. And they all do the Aetheric Howl. That's five hits against everything within 50 centimeters. And I do mean everything. Uh, these hits are resolved as lances, so hitting on fours. Ordnance within this distance is automatically destroyed uh, because, you know, Bombers. Uh, and these hits are blocked by all celestial phenomenon except dust clouds. So planets, warp rifts, asteroids. Um, you can't. There, you there's can't enough shoot there to kind that. of uh -huh, to absorb the shield madness. Mm -hmm. uh, and this does have a precedent. Uh, like Steven said, also in uh, Salvation's Reach, actually, going back there, that lovely void sequence. Um, where there's kind of a dogfight going on and same thing happens. They're like, we got to respark shields. And they're like, our own fighters are out there. And they're like, sucks to suck. <laughs> Turn them on. <laughs> yes. Uh, we play tested this one a bit, quite a bit. We play tested most of the Dark Mechanicum stuff. Well, um, all of it, really. We did all of it. Yes, all of it. I say most. I mean all. Uh, and this one was surprisingly 
didn't. I thought this one was going to require a lot more tweaking than it did, but uh, it kind of came out fully formed and works pretty good. It's high risk, high reward, because remember, shields collapse can't be repaired. Yeah. Uh, so you better hope that you kill what's in front of you or behind you. Yeah, like I like I alluded to earlier in the episode, I didn't have a whole lot to do with the initial design concept of Dark Mech. Uh, this was mostly Steven uh, and then our buddy Jason, who you might know from other things that we do, right? Um, he's a big Mechanicum fan, big Dark Mechanicum fan. Uh, and he also was like, ah, what about this? This is something that I've, you know, read in the bowels of somewhere because – that's what I do. Uh, and it seems really cool. Um, so my, my hand was really kind of either taking Jason's madness and converting it to Battlefleet Heresy, Battlefleet Gothic rules, or looking at a thing that he suggested and being like, that will auto win a game. No, stop it. <laughs> uh, and this, this is one of the things that like Steven said, he, Steven came up with that. I was like, this will auto win a game. No, stop it. Uh, but Steven was like, but it's so cool. Uh, and we play tested it and sure enough, it's, um, it's real interesting, right? Cause you know, yeah. Oh, hey, man, I can I can have these five escorts do five lance shots to everything within fifty centimeters, and that's awesome. Yeah, you get five lance shots at the enemy cruiser line, right? Um, great. You've probably done a point of damage to each of them, right? Like five lance shots is two point five hits a ship. Uh, and then your like three hundred point unit is gone. And what is, what is happening, right? Uh, and if you do it with a capital ship, like that, that just hoses you a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, because losing all of your shields forever to do two lance hits, which is statistically one hit, is not worth. Um, but sometimes when another squadron of uh, escorts is bearing down on you or someone, some mad lad launches what, 16 torpedoes at you, and you've really got no choice but to either get hit or die, or rather get hit and die. Uh, so you, you blow out the shields to get rid of those torpedoes because Lord knows three turrets ain't getting the job done. Yep, or, you know, you have that ship that's... You know, oh shit, got 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 one whole point left. I'm in the middle of the enemy fleet. Ah, she's never gonna disengage at this range. Well, time to go out with a bang. Hit the big red button. Um, and it's not it's not said here. Um, I'll have to we'll have to put in an edit. Uh, but you can only use a Theracal if you have shields up. Uh if you've already suffered a shields collapse, shields collapse, you can't use it. If you uh, move during your movement phase and you end up in black markers or a celestial phenomena, and you don't have shields up, you can't use it. Yep, and I mean that. Uh, if you are, you know, crippled and you only have one shield, you're only using, you're only getting one hit. So be careful. Yep, I mean that. 
And again, like write, writing these things, we're like, oh, yeah, it's equal to the number of shields lost. And that makes sense that you need to have shields to lose. But as Stephen said, we, we should probably put a little a little notation in there. Because um, there's always some jackass there's always to skate some uphill. And honestly, I'm really I'm really waiting for that day when I'm like at an event because, God, people are having Battlefleet Heresy events now, now that the you – know, and I really just want to show up and somebody try and argue something like this with me and be like, well, author's intent. And they'll be like, well, I, I'm like, hate to break it to you, but uh, <laughs> real, you see, real you sure about says? author's intent. <laughs> you see what that says? A hunt right there? Here, let me show you my driver's license. Oh, no. Yep. It's the closest you'll ever get to pulling out a badge. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of us anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, etheric howl. Uh, powerful, but kind of a, a last-ditch defensive effort. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what's not. Overcharged gunnery. Because that's right. <laughs> Violation of the machine has five bullet points. Uh, overcharged gunnery. When a Dark Mechanicum ship makes an attack in the shooting phase, it may elect to add half, rounding up, the firepower of a different weapon or weapon systems from its port, starboard, dorsal, or prow locations to that of the firing weapon, provided it is of the same type. So weapons, batteries, lances, um, bombardment cannons, if Dark Mech somehow manages to get a hold of that. You can't expect me to remember everything. After the attack has been resolved, the ship suffers a weapons-disabled critical hit in the location of the firing weapon. Ordnance does not benefit from this rule. You naughty, naughty, naughty magos. Quit trying to, to dump a million bombers onto stuff it's not gonna work it's not how this it's not how this works i mean um to be full disclosure dumping a million bombers on things does tend to work but yeah that's not what this, this is isn't right how you're gonna do it this is you know putting all the juice that should go to cranking guns around or boiling plasma or making lasers and just you know Throwing off the circuit breakers and just pumping it all through one side instead of multiple sides, right? Mm-hmm. And this is another one. This is the one of these that got play tested the most, I think. Um, there was a lot of work that went into this because originally it used, be, it used to be real rude. Yeah. Originally, you just like our, our first thought was all right, if you have, you know, eight weapons batteries port, eight weapons batteries starboard, you fire starboard you disable the port to fire everything on port with starboard, right? So double your shots, disable the weapons facing away from the enemy, um, which sounds cool and is really, if if we're being completely honest, more true to what's actually happening, right? Because you're kind of shutting down one to power the other. Um, but it was real good, right? Because you're a Mechanicum ship. So what what would happen um, when Steven was playtesting this against me is he would get on, you know, make sure that only one weapons battery side had targets, disable all his other weapons, pump an egregious amount of fire into me, and then because he was a Mechanicum ship, just repair it. Yeah, pretty much instantly. Because Every turn. Extra die. Yeah. Um, so it wound up being, hey, it it doesn't disable, you know, or even really stop from firing the weapons that you're siphoning power from. What it does is it overcharges, you know, 
the guns that are doing the actual shooting, uh, which is why you only get half the weapons power instead of all of it, uh, et cetera, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so, but still. There's no point in doing it with ordnance either. You can't, you cannot physically put more torpedoes in the tubes. They, they just don't fit. Yeah, right. You're, you can shunt all the engine power you want. You're never launching more bombers, right? There's only but mm-hmm. so many tubes. Um, but it is a really fun one. Uh, and it is it makes that gothic lunar combo real mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it does a lot for kind of the lesser loved ships. Like I love a good gothic. A lot of people don't because they have a problem fighting one on one with other cruisers. Right? You've got four lances. Half of their shots means you get two hits. Oh no! You've dropped the shields on my cruiser. They come back automatically. Fuck yourself. Um, overcharged gunnery, on the other hand. You can throw six lances into somebody, uh, and, you know, if you lock on, suddenly that's a really, really bad time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Put a little I, lunar in there to, mm-hmm. to to throw some weapons batteries out, and you've got a, a very, very good combo for small-scale uh, small games. Just that two-ship squadron is going to do work. In large-scale games, it's going to find its way into the softest, most vulnerable nook and or cranny, and then start pumping out guns. Yep. Uh, And for things like some of the chaos ships that have weapons batteries, you know, port, starboard, prow, you can take half the prow and half the starboard and pump that out with the full port broadside. Mm -hmm. It can get real rude. But the problem is you've disabled the side facing your enemy. If you can't bring that back you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, not that you care about the lives of your crew because you're a Dark Mechanicum player, but every person on that gun deck is dead. Every single one of them. Yeah. They were eaten by demon fumes. Oh, no. But don't worry, because if your gunnery gets disabled and you can't bring it back, you have warp-charged engines. After going going on an all-ahead-full special order, a Dark Mechanicum ship may elect to suffer a thruster's damaged critical hit. In exchange, it may re-roll any or all of the dice for that all-ahead-full special order. The critical hit's effect takes place after the ship's movement is completed. So thruster's damaged is the negative 5 to your speed and additional hull point damage. So now you're starting to get into uh, crits that hurt more. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, it's, it's situational, right? Cause you're taking that extra point of damage and that doesn't come back even if you fix thruster, the, the critical hit itself. But a lot of times, man, you run that all the head full and you know, you're a slaughter and you're rolling five D six and you're absolutely going to get where your balls. I just rolled five ones. Oops. Yay. You're the speed of a Nova now. Congratulations. It's like. Congratulations, you're now directly in perfect firing arc of three different enemy battleships. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so sometimes it's just worth taking the extra point of damage and getting the reroll and getting the hell out, right? Yeah. Gets you gone. And it's fantastic because it's – you do the order, you do the roll, right? You already know what's going to happen to you if you take the dice that you were given, right? Um, it's great for like convoy scenario or uh, not convoy blockade run scenarios, right? Where you're just trying, when you're just trying to run and you don't run fast enough, far enough. Uh, 
but you've got whole points to spare, so why not take an extra one and uh, get a little bit further? Or if you're trying to flee, right? Not that the gallant warriors of the Dark Mechanicum ever run. <clears throat> yeah. um, but if you're trying to disengage and you go on all ahead full to, you know, clear the battle space and you, you know, roll 15 on your dice when you needed 30 to get out of the way. Well, not 30. 30 would never work. But, you know, if you roll 7 when you wanted 15, you're going to die if you don't do it. Why not? Why not? Huh. And although we, we talk about this one as a go real fast option, and it is, mm -hmm. there's always those instances where you go all ahead full and you go a little too full, right? And you overshoot your target a little bit. You know, maybe yeah. you needed 24 centimeters, but you ended up with... 30 somehow and uh you've boosted past they just waved at you through the window as you went by yeah uh, out of can, arc yeah you can throw some some deck slaves into the engines to appease the demons that live within so that maybe they don't uh maybe they don't send your ship careening into the bad spot uh but speaking of throwing deck slaves into engines ah yes mass sacrifice at the start of the turn, a Dark Mechanicum ship may elect to lose the ability to go under special orders the remainder of the game. Bear in mind, lose the ability. So even if you're insane beyond measure, it's not that you're automatically failing a check. You can't make the check. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. Uh, for the remainder of the game, in exchange, it may automatically pass its first navigation check for Celestial Phenomena or Ramming, and may re-roll any of the dice to determine how far it emerges from a warp rift. Highly situational, but anyone who's ever flown into a warp rift while fighting over a space station to emerge right behind the enemy fleet and then tear it to shreds will tell you... <laughs> that that's uh, real good shit. It's real good shit, Stephen. It's real good shit. No, uh, no. Son of Dahl doesn't need sacrifices to perform at that level of excellence. Yes. Um... But Dirty Chaos players do, so here we are. Well, sometimes we just have Mark of Zinch. That's all we have to, to work with. Not the uh, Dark Mechanicum. Mass sacrifice, baby. Kill them all. Uh, but maybe don't kill them all all the time. Yeah, don't do it on turn one. orders. <laughs> yeah, you do need orders. But this is great, because I, I tend to find that, especially for ramming, ramming is a late game thing uh, for the most part, right? Uh, and even the Celestial Phenomena, you can re-roll the dice to determine how far you emerge from a Warp Rift. That's great. Um, but what's better is, again, if you've, you know, you've done whatever you wanted to do to accomplish your mission, you're trying to get home, and the quickest way out and the way the enemy isn't going to follow you is through that asteroid field, mass sacrifice, kill everybody. We're not going on special orders anymore because disengage isn't a special order. You're trying to leave. Um, another great one uh, for blockade run, right? You're just trying to get out. Somebody's trying to get you. You can duck into that asteroid field real quick and uh, there you go, home free. Except for, you know, a couple hundred deck slaves, but they are not people anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Deck slaves aren't people. The Mechanicum doesn't even consider them crew. It's true. They are assets. Uh, and because of that, you can also get sacrificial protection. Mm, yes, it's like mass sacrifice, but maybe you don't want to kill a mass amounts of sacrifice. Yeah, maybe. A dark, me dark Mechanicum ship may elect to suffer another whole point of damage 
in order to ignore an inflicted critical hit. And this is invoked before the result of the critical hit is determined. Um, it's also not written here, but you absolutely cannot use sacrificial protection to negate the critical hits of violation of the machine spirit. You can't Aetheric Howl and then just like, oh, I'm going to suffer a whole point to have shields again. Yeah, That's you know, works. You know why you can't? Pedantics that it may be listening. Yeah. It's because Aetheric Howl, or indeed any of the other random things that automatically do a critical hit to you, tell you the critical hit you're suffering. And therefore, the critical hit has already been determined. Yep. So you, you can't sacrificial protection you... Yep. But it is useful when you think that maybe you're about to get bridge smashed or shields collapse or get caught on fire. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. It's a random 2d6 rule. How would I know when that sort of thing was happening? Terminator boarding parties, anybody? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> sometimes it's not so random. Yeah, sometimes the odds look real good. Uh, you know, you're playing a glory against a Gloriana and, you know, Bob Gulliman just showed up on your ship. Yep. Well, that's, that's not concerning. The Night Haunter just showed up on your ship. Yeah, I went there. Oh, no. Yeah, now uh, you're in trouble. Well, unless well, you're a lion, I guess. not really. It's only... Perturabo shows up on your ship. There we go. We're getting there. <laughs> we uh, found a Primark who's dangerous. Right? Uh, and you're going to take, you know, D6 plus, what, 3 at that point? 2D6 plus 3? Egregiousness. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do sacrificial protection, and it'll be fine. You know, just shoot the second officer and 100 people on the bridge. There's like 800 on the bridge. It's fine. Uh, and away you go. Um, and although that, although you can't use it to to block critical hits that you know are going to be caused by a certain result, like you know the other violation yeah, of the machine, automatic fire, things yeah. like that. Um, but you can use it for stuff like melt the torpedoes. Beware, beware the melt the torpedoes. Yep. Even though, yes, you know they're going to do fire. Uh, it, it's designed to allow you to, to block things like that. Uh, but yeah, so now you can start to see between uh, Violation of the Machine and Madness of the New Mechanicum, again, why there's an extra bad thing on that table. Uh, because, say, you get insane beyond measure, right? And then you roll again. You get insane beyond measure on your first one, so you're automatically passing lock-on ordinance, or uh, lock-on. So you decide, well, I'm going to gamble again. Cascade cannons. Now your weapons batteries are doing extra critical hits. And so you roll up on your opponent with your one murder, right, or your crusader and your gothic, and you overcharge your gunneries, and you rip out half the weapons batteries from somewhere else, and you fire them at the opponent, and now, and you're locked on, because you automatically pass lock on. So you're re-rolling your hits, you're doing extra crits when you do crit, and you're throwing more bullets, making it more likely to crit. And remember, you can mix and match, right? So you want to roll on the gifts of the Omnissiah table, and uh, get augmented weapons relays for that free left shift on the gunnery table. You know, you, you can get some truly, truly ridiculous ships out of this. Um, and again, on paper, they look ridiculous, 
you read a little into it, you play a couple games, you realize, one, these things are really expensive, and two, very specifically for Dark Mechanicum, you have to hurt yourself to be as nasty as you can be. Uh, and Battlefleet Gothic is not a game where you want to be damaged. You know, you don't want to suffer a shield collapse. You don't want to take a point of damage because guess what? You suffer a whole point of damage. Guess what you do when you suffer a whole point of damage? You roll for critical hits. Mm -hmm. So you could do sacrificial mm -hmm. protection, take a point of damage to ignore that, you know, plus four 2d6 critical hit, you know, is coming your way. And, ah, damn it, we killed all the engine stokers. Who's going to shovel our nuclear coal? Nobody? Thruster damage? Crap. Right. <laughs> right? Um, yep. So it it giveth and it taketh away. Um, <laughs> and, speaking and speaking of, of taking away, <laughs> uh, the Mechanicum... Loyalist Mechanicums have quest for knowledge, right? Uh, you get the extra 1d6 on repairs, but then you also have to roll on um, a subplot table. Dark Mechanicum has the quest for dominion. Greedily hunting down new technologies and twisting them to their own ends, the Dark Mechanicum is quick to meld their abominable ingenuity to anything and everything that can withstand the strain. Yep. Uh, remember, so like I said... Um... For, for both dark mech and regular mech, right? Quest for knowledge, quest for dominion. Even if you don't normally play subplots, even if you're a guy that, you know, hey, me and my buddies just play one-off games. We don't do campaign. We don't do any of that nonsense. You have to roll. One, it's fun, right? You get an extra cool thing you're trying to accomplish, but it's a balance issue, right? Um, both of these fleets and even the original GW one were designed with rolling these things in mind. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do the thing. Uh, they're all things considered. Quest for Dominion and Quest for Knowledge are not entirely dissimilar. Uh, they have a couple of renamed things, but their number one option, Twisted Beyond Capacity, and their number six option, Heretical Systems, are identical. They just have different names. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, Twisted Beyond Capacity. Roll a d6 for each Dark Mechanicum vessel. On a one or a two, it suffers a random critical hit. Yay! Hooray! You must cripple or destroy more enemy ships than you lose. Plus one if you do it. Zero if you don't, because it's the only one that punishes you, or that doesn't punish you. Right. Um, fun fact, uh, sacrificial protection won't help you here because the game hasn't started. <laughs> yep. yep. I see you, you pedantists yeah. out there just lurking, looking for loopholes. We're going to strangle you with them. Oh, Yeah, uh, that's what happens. Next up is Unsullied Hull. Select the Dark Mechanicum capital ship. This ship must end the game without being boarded or suffer damage from a hit-and-run attack. Yeah. Plus two, minus one renown for doing it and not doing it. Um, pretty standard, right? They got weird shit on here. Don't Don't look. Yeah. Get, or, get out of my space house. <laughs> get off my space lawn. Maybe your patron is Slanesh and, uh, you know, got to have that perfect ship. Getting, don't let none of them dirty non-believers onto it. Right. Um, but also, maybe sometimes your patron is Nurgle, and the number three option is Scrap Code Propagation. Select a Dark Mechanicum capital ship. That ship must inflict half damage, or this... Must inflict damage equal to half of its starting hull points via ramming, boarding, or hit-and-run attacks. So, for most cruisers, at least four points of damage from ramming, 
uh, boarding or hit and run. It's plus one if you do it. It's negative one if you don't because the grandfather is displeased. And no one wants to make grandpa upset. No, no. Everybody loves grandpa. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of a tricky one, though. So whew, some sometimes you try that ramming attack and realize they've done four points of damage to you and you've done two to them. And oh, no, you're in a bad spot. Uh-oh. But, you know, the gods are fickle. Uh, yeah. But it's good to have a patron, like a Neverborn patron. See what I did there? Uh, Neverborn patron is number four. Uh, select a dark mechanic and capital ship. That ship must not be crippled or destroyed, and it must cripple or destroy at least one enemy capital ship. And I'm staring at the typo right in front of me. Quick, call Jesse. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is uh, plus one uh, or uh, zero. You don't lose anything for not accomplishing it. Which you would uh, think is strange, given that you've made a Neverborn your patron, and they are not known for being forgiving creatures. They're not. But, you know. But the Neverborn is do? on the ship. Yeah. It, it, like, it's not trapped there with you. You're trapped there with it. Right? Like, it can toy with you later on a personal level, right? Yeah. It doesn't it's need to do battle. Right? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, maybe it wants a prize. Number mm. five. Nominate one enemy ship. You must cripple or destroy it, and if the ship suffers plasma drive overload or warp core implosion, uh, no renown is gained or lost. But otherwise, it's plus one if you do it, negative one if you don't. Uh, maybe the ship has weird technology, you want it. Maybe there's people on it that you need for slaves and servitors and never-born food. Um, weird sacrifices. Mm -hmm, weird sacrifices, because, you know, you killed all of your deck crew so that you could safely navigate a warp rift yeah now you got to go and get more deck crew. now you need more <laughs> um yeah and while you don't actually get more renown for doing this nominate the enemy capital ship because nothing demoralizes your opponent more than the knowledge that his admiral is crucified to the outside of your hull yep remember today's admiral is tomorrow's air freshener hooray yes. Hanging up there with a really, really, really old pine tree. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and like I said, number six is heretical systems. It's the exact same thing as experimental systems. Yep. Um, same, same all the things. Uh, for, for those of you that maybe didn't listen to last episode or forgotten, uh, heretical systems, you get a D6, you roll one bonus uh, and one detriment, right? A side effect. Um, so for the side effects, you have weapons, batteries, and lance firepower reduced by 50%, rounding up. Uh, the ship could lose two hull points. The ship could lose two turrets. Uh, the ship must move an additional five centimeters before it can turn. It can lose five centimeters of speed, or dorsal or prow lances can only hit on rolls of six. Uh, and then you have kind of the opposite effect of that for the improvements, right? Uh, all weapons except ordnance gain an additional 15 centimeter range. Ship gains an extra shield. Turrets reroll misses. Uh, ship can turn an additional 45 degrees. All friendly vessels within 15 centimeters gain plus one leadership when the enemy is on special orders, in addition to the normal thing. Uh, or, my personal favorite, dorsal or prow lances ignore shields on a roll of six. Uh, dorsal and prow lances, you know, normally there's, you know, between one and three of them. It's never going to do a ton of work. Um, but, you know, when the enemy's battleship is completely unhurt 
not going to brace for those three lances from that Dauntless. And man, you get a bulkhead collapse, critical hit, because the lance went through shields and suddenly the battleship is crippled, right? Uh, so it's fun. Oops. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to do what we were told specifically not to and open the vault of Moravec. Oh, no! Done! Bye, Regulus! This episode of Lost Transmissions, part of the Remembrancers Retreat, is made once again possible by the support of our patrons. Starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Chap Lanisar, Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Garner Tree of Woe, Jover Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, Nicholas Quanga, Sar Luther, Taco Tuesday or Bus 22 Rock and Roll McDonald's, and What's Ligma? Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Angry Boy, Dave Jones, Duncan, Ed, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Gore Crow, Rena the Floof, Scott LeMay, and our Legion Sergeants, Agrippina, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Hessam Syed, Jay DeSales, Jay Grammaticus, Mr. Sear, Nick Gillen, The Zoy, and What Do I Call Myself? Once again, if you enjoy our program and like to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at rr30k podcast, on Instagram at rr30k, and be sure to check out our website, rr30k.com, and this is where you can find the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. Once again, thank you, and keep those dice rolling. And we're back. Uh, boy. That was weird. Austin's not dead, but he might wish that he was. His, like, whole face has been replaced with a speaker grill. This is some Hellraiser weirdness. Mm. I wish someone had warned us against opening more of X Armory. Steven, I think you stepped on a needle. You're in Southern Maryland. Well, maybe. I mean, look... <laughs> I just wish somebody had warned me. Moravex Armory. Kelbor Hall and his disciples plundered ancient, terrible secrets from the vault of Moravec and other caches of forbidden technology. Both on tainted earth and among sickened stars, vessels of the Dark Mechanicum gleefully turned their hideous new weapons upon their former allies. A Dark Mechanicum vessel that rolls at least once on the madness of the new Mechanicum table may purchase upgrades from Moravex Armory. No more than two upgrades from Moravex Armory may be selected per ship, and no upgrade may be selected more than once. Um, so you do kind of have to pay to play with Moravex Armory here. Uh, you can't just play it super safe with your Dark Mechanicum fleet and roll on Gifts of the Omnissiah and just have your flagship do Madness of the New Mechanicum. If you want these toys, you got to pay the bills. You got to get the brand, uh, put a little bit of something in the offering plate. Do not make change in the offering plate. It's frowned upon. Deeply disrespectful. Yes. Um, so as a matter of course, these are not available to just quote-unquote traitor Mechanicum. You have to be spooky. Mm -hmm. Um and the f that's not to say that uh, Dark Mechanicum fleets don't have access to the Armories of Mars upgrades as well. The Specialist Torpedoes, um, the Fighter Bombers, the, the Orbital Mines, they have all of that. This is just exclusive stuff for them, their freaky little boys club. Um, the first thing girl is... Or girls. Or gender indeterminable. 
Because yeah. Lord knows that's a thing, especially yeah. for the Dark Mechanicum. Especially for the Dark Mechanicum. Private parts were replaced by machine parts that were replaced by demon parts. Who knows what pronouns you're using? Yep. Yep. Um, So the first thing that they have access to is three special exclusive types of specialist torpedoes. Uh, So any Dark Mechanicum capital ship with torpedo capacity may be equipped with specialist torpedoes for 20 points. uh, For salvos with a strength of six or less or 30 points for salvos greater than 6. Uh, these may be fired once per game and are resupplied automatically every game in a campaign setting. No ship may be equipped with more than one type of specialist torpedo unless it is explicitly stated in their rules and no more than 25% of eligible ships eligible ships to a minimum of one may be equipped with vortex torpedoes. So, Dark Mechanicum still have access to all those other specialist torpedoes, the Melta, the Vortex. Yes, yeah, this, this stacks, this mm-hmm. stacks on... Right. It's not a, you can have this at 25% and the normal ones at 25%. Yep. You get to pick your poison. Uh, the first one is another thing that went through a few rewrites a couple of times because we just, for the life of us, we had this cool idea, but we could not figure out how to make it work. Uh, they're called enslaver torpedoes. Uh, enslaver torpedoes should be the first weapon or the first torpedoes that you move in the ordnance phase, kind of like how if you have a Nova Cannon, those have to be fired first in the shooting phase. Enslaver torpedoes should be moved first. Well, not should be, have to be moved first in the ordnance phase, and you'll see why. Uh, the first ship an enslaver torpedo wave hits, including a wave which is negated via bracer impact, cannot use its turrets to fire on other torpedoes during this ordnance phase. Additionally, any torpedo wave within the wave, within the enslaver wave's 30, 30 centimeter movement value of the targeted ship may make up to a 45 degree turn prior to their movement, so long as this turn would enable them to contact the targeted ship in the ordnance phase. Um, these are torpedoes that when fired, they have a malignant signal that grabs other torpedoes and takes them with them. So that instead of hitting three at a time, two at a time, uh, ten at a time, they hit all 15 at once. It's one wave for all intents and purposes. And that's why the ship uh, in question cannot fire its turrets at successive waves. Normally you fire turrets at each individual wave of torpedoes. If If you get hit by enslaver torpedoes, no such luck for you. Yeah, because technically what's happening, you know, in the real world, question yes, mark, abstracted. Um, is the enslaver torpedoes sense the enemy ship, you know, four light seconds ahead or, you know, the distance between the earth to the moon. I don't know what that is in light seconds uh, and say, you know, they reach out, they find all the other friendly torpedoes and via, you know, malignant scrap code, demonology, you know, nerglings on the side pushing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they get little scuba turn, masks. They're swimming. Can turn those torpedoes uh, and mess with their timing enough that they all collide together, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. It really is. Because a lot of times, especially if you've got ordnance, uh, attack craft running around, right? Because I feel like most of the time, uh, when confronted with a wave of torpedoes 
or a wave of, you know, two, two fighters, two bombers. Uh, I'm going to put my turrets on the fighters, right? Uh, but if I let the enslaver torpedoes hit me, suddenly it's not a wave of six torpedoes or three or however many. It's a wave of however tor many torpedoes happen to be able to turn 45 degrees and smack into me all at once. Not good. Because uh, remember, they have, to, they have to hit, right? So it's not just contact the ship and, you know, turrets fire and the torpedoes might score. It's actually hitting the enemy ship that causes this all to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you miss... <laughs> Oops. If you miss with all of them or, you know, there's only two left in the wave and the turrets get both, then you're SOL'd. Um, Suck less. But the upside is so good uh, because it means you can fire a wider spread, right? So if you've got, you know, three Imperial cruisers, you know, a Lunar, a Mars, a Dictator, and the Dictator is in the center and has enslaver torpedoes, the Lunar and the Gothic on either side can still launch their spread, you know, apart right, to disrupt the enemy movement and then can still turn inboard and smack into the same the same target, which is delightful. But it is a one trick. You can only do it once. Yes. Like, like all specialist torpedoes, they are just a one trick pony. But a great trick. Uh, another great trick is graviton torpedoes. Now, these are only 20 <laughs> no. centimeter speed, right? They're only 20 centimeter speed. Uh, so they're best used... Uh, in the shotgun approach, where the enemy doesn't have a chance to move out of the way. However, when these torpedoes inflict a critical hit, but before the result is determined, roll another d6. On a 1, 2, 3, or 4, they automatically inflict bulkhead collapse. On a 5 or 6, they inflict a hull breach. So if you score a critical hit, you're essentially guaranteed the 11 or 12 result. Yep, it's real rude. In addition to the damage you already did. Yeah, so you do that one point, you roll that critical hit, you're getting it. You're getting an extra D3 or an extra D6 of damage. Uh, it is wildly good. Again, it's one use only. You can't have multiples. Um, so, you know, you rolls your dice and you takes your chances. But God, what a chance, right? <laughs> yeah. And before you before you question, well, where the hell did these come from? Uh, there's a really cool scene, again, in Solar War, uh, when the Iron Warriors are coming out of a warp rift, and they're attacking the orbital stations around Pluto, and it's just wave after wave of graviton torpedoes, and each one that hits, you see these orbital platforms just crumple like, like tin cans and fall out of Pluto's orbit, and they're gone. Like all their bulkheads are collapsing, or perhaps yeah. they've suffered hole breaches. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, man, that sounds so cool. I want to do that to somebody's ships. And so I wrote rules that allowed me to. And now we can. And now we can. But again. And through that canning victory. It, <laughs> it's a one-trick one pony, right? You try it once. If you score no critical hits with them, man, that's just too bad. And they don't do anything. They don't do anything special if you just hit. You gotta get the crits. So, uh, but I'll tell you what does do special stuff if all it does is hit, and that's scrap code torpedoes. Ugh. 
Ships suffering a hit from scrap, tor- scrap code torpedoes suffer further debilitation until the end of their next activation, based on the number of hits suffered, in addition to all other damage. These effects are cumulative, meaning that each successive bracket inflicts the previous bracket's damage as well. The large amount of hostile signals coming from these weapons makes them easier to track and shoot down. Turrets hit these torpedoes on a 3-up, and if you're using H-33 or WR-33 rules, uh, that's Warp Rift 33, for attack craft, fighters may reroll results of 1 when trying to hit these torpedoes. Um, scrap code torpedoes are kind of like cascade cannons in torpedo form. Uh, so if they do one hit at all, target's movement is reduced by 5 centimeters. If they do two hits, target's movement is reduced by 5 centimeters, and all weapons' firepower values and turrets are halved, rounding down. And if they do three or more hits, they do those previous two things, and all shields are halved, rounding down. Nova cannons and other specialist weapons may not be fired. When we designed the scrap code, to, uh, scrap code torpedoes, I wanted... I love it when... I mean, I don't love it because it happens to me too often to truly love it. Um, but it's great when Austin rolls up on a target and just shotguns torpedoes into it. And the other guy's like, well, I'm going to brace because that's 12 torpedoes, 6 torpedoes, however many torpedoes. And I don't want to take all of that. So I brace and then all the torpedoes miss. But it doesn't matter. They did their job. You're braced. Yep, that's a long-time Imperial Navy player for you. Uh-huh. You're not trying to kill people with those torpedoes. You're trying to have all their damage. Yep. Uh, so that's what I wanted to do. Scrap code, scrap code torpedoes do the same thing. Statistically, they'll get one or two hits, uh, which kind of feels like crippling a cruiser. Even if it's not, it's just crippled for a turn. For all intents and purposes, uh, five centimeters of speed lost. Uh, weapons power, weapons values and turrets halved like it's a good little get in there do the thing and then they still do two point two whole points of damage while they're there which might do more criticals yeah uh, and of course if you do get the lucky three up damage uh you screw with their shields they can't fire nova cannons or things like that um but what i really like about this is again as a longtime bfg player if i know there's you know, a two fighter, two bomber wave out there. And I know that that's, you know, it's aimed for my cruiser and six torpedoes are aimed at my cruiser. I'm always going to shoot the bombers. I always am. So if you know that about your opponent and you put the scrap code torpedoes in first, that's another whole line of questioning, right? Like, do I fire the tor- the turrets at the torpedoes knowing that if they hit me twice, I'm only going to have half the amount of turrets to try and shoot down those fighters and bombers anyway. Or do I, you know, hopefully weather the blow? I, I don't I don't know what I would do, um, which I feel is a sign of interesting rules. And again, like scrap code torpedoes, I got to say, this is one of the things that Stephen came up with that I was just like, oh, yeah, this seems delightful. Don't ever take them against me. <laughs> <laughs> like they they felt right. We play tested. Uh, a couple of times they played right. It was delightful. Yeah. Um, and we mostly talk about these sorts of things in the context of um, the quote unquote Imperial chaos and space Marine ships. Um, but if you are, you know, playing against enemies of the Imperium, like Eldar, for instance, right. 
and you somehow manage to catch an Eldar cruiser and you smack them with graviton torpedoes, well, Eldar suffer crits on fours, baby. <laughs> that <laughs> ship is gone. They have a bad time. Uh, if you hit Eldar with graviton torpedoes, just good night. Yep, and orcs already have a variety of problems because they were never meant to go to space. And you smack into those guys with uh, scrap code torpedoes, and you hit them enough times to cause them all sorts of trouble. Well, just watch that ramshackle thing careen through space, trailing smoke. I mean, it was doing that anyway, but, you know, more smoke. Yeah. Yes, more smoke, Suddenly more careening. The, the white smoke is black smoke, the black smoke is white smoke, everybody's got <laughs> problems. Yeah, there's yellow smoke for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but speaking of things that'll give you problems, slaughter thralls. Oh no! That grown monsters, never born infused automata, and Skitari augmented with proscribed technology are just a few examples of the terrible com combat creatures employed by the Dark Mechanicum. If this vessel has launch bays and or torpedoes, it gains the ability to launch shark assault boats and or boarding torpedoes, respectively, uh, for five points. So if you can do both, dictator, five points to upgrade the torpedoes, five to upgrade the assault boats, uh, and adds plus one to all its hit and run attacks. For an additional 10 points, it may add an additional 50% of its current hull points rounded up to its boarding actions. So a ship with eight hull points would count as 12 for the purposes of boarding actions. This is a fairly standard, uh, you know, Mark of Corn meets Space Marine upgrade. Uh, it represents, as I said just a minute ago, the innumerable ways which the new Mechanicum can make really like things you don't want to meet in a ship's corridor. <laughs> yeah, if you remember the scene from uh, Mechanicum at the Magma City when the last of House Terren is defending the bridge. No, it's an attack. Sorry, it's a sally. Uh, and they're just wading through sea of corrupted servitors and Skitari and thralls. Uh, those things were bad news tonight on open ground. Imagine how terrible they are in the confines of a ship. Yeah, hey, like gun hauler we've given you a three foot long wrench and want you to hold this corridor until your dying breath uh it won't be too long now that thing with too many tentacles and a ray gun uh well it's right here yeah <laughs> yeah um earlier in the last episode we talked about how the mechanicum isn't really great when it comes to getting boarded getting hit and run doing their own hit and runs well, maybe you want to be great at it, so you buy Slaughter Thralls. Just 600 sleeping demon-infused Ursarax in a boarding torpedo. It'll be fine. <laughs> For somebody, yes. Um, the next one is Ectoplasmic Lances, a pulsing laser of ghost light. This weapon passes through void shields without sight or sound before slamming into the ships beyond with a wailing shriek. Any ship with lance batteries may upgrade uh, any or all of them to ectoplasmic lances for 10 points per point of strength. So say the Desolator has four lances on each side, you can upgrade both uh, for 80 points. The firepower value of the lance battery is then halved, rounding up, but the weapon ignores shields. The point cost of this weapon is calculated before the firepower value is reduced. Hoo boy! 
A 50% chance to just do hull point damage? Yes, please. Yeah. It, again, it makes that gothic more interesting, right? Like, it's an 80-point upgrade. It's not for kids. Um, but also, it's a couple of 50, just going straight through shields. Or, just, it's any or all, right? So if you want to get real tricky, you can have your gothic and just do it to the port lances. Right. Because maybe, you know, it's running in a squadron. You don't have the points to upgrade a lot of stuff. Uh, but you know what? Hey, I got 40 spare points. We're going to upgrade the port lances uh, and it'll run with the lunar on its starboard side so it can put its lances in to whatever the lunar's shooting at because the lunar will probably drop the shields down. And then I have my other lances that will fire the other direction uh, at stuff that has full shields and that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I will I say did. though, I'm going to take a pause mm -hmm. to discuss lasers. We said here that they pass through shields without sight or sound. One, there's no sound in space, and two, if your laser is properly calibrated, it shouldn't make a visible light. God. Well, I guess the Imperial Guards is real bad at calling their equipment. That's why it's only strength three. <laughs> it's only, it's, it's, it's an angry flashlight, but it's one of those cheap non-maglite flashlights. This I, is a maglite. Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody shoot a laser at something? I have. You know what it does? No sight. Uh, anyway, moving, moving along. We'll take it up with the author, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh wait a second! I'm the author. God damn it! Yeah, this was uh, well. We'll take fun... it up with GW. This is a real fun upgrade to put on the Devastation uh, Cruiser, which is the Chaos Carrier uh, Lance Harasser. It has two 60 centimeter lances on its port and starboard side, while also launching ordnance. Uh, and it just sat there, kind of in the backfield, cruising along, pumping out fighters and bombers to do fighter and bomber things. And every once in a while, it would look at something and just take a whole point from it. Mm -hmm. This is also a fun one uh, for people with more sense of style than uh, sense of tactical soundness to do to your escort squadrons. Because uh, you can do it to a Firestorm frigate. And if you do it to each frigate, you know, you have like three Firestorms, like, all right, like, whatever. Well, well I, hate to, I hate to get ahead of you. Uh, but escorts cannot benefit from more of X armory because in order to do so, they oh, have God to roll damn it. You have on the madness of the new mechanic. mechanic. What am I doing? It's like I didn't even read these rules. Yeah, man, you should get with the guy who wrote them. Fuck, I got real excited for a second and forgot what I was doing with my own damn rules. Oh, no. Escorts, escorts get left out of the fun. It's true. Um, it's true. Which you you have to lose your mind. We did that. Uh, and it's mostly to make sure that the new Mechanicum, for all the unpredictability throughout their fleet, that they do have a core of ships that they can rely on to not get screwed over by their greed for cool upgrades. And a little bit of balance issue, right? Because um, there are some things that are running around that are, you know, okay on a capital ship that are just ridiculous on an escort uh, and vice versa. It's frankly easier to do it this way <laughs> yes 
the last two things in Moravex Armory are they were kind of weird, but they were a lot of fun to write and a lot of fun to playtest. It's true. Uh, the first one, well, I guess the fourth one. Fourth one? Yeah. yeah. The second to uh, last one. Is Enslaver Cogitator. Using machine senses stretched beyond the realm of, vis- of the visible and the tangible, the Dark Mechanicum can bring about convergences of things and places with the precision that is, on a factual level, well beyond witchcraft. Uh, remember, science is nothing but continually getting things wrong. <laughs> Just saying. That's what the scientific method is all about. Uh, any Dark Mechanicum capital ship may purchase an Enslaver Cogitator for 30 points. During the shooting phase, friendly ships within 45 centimeters may add one of their weapons battery or lance systems that is in range and in firing Vark to this ship's salvo as if they were a squadron, so long as the weapon system has not been fired already that turn. Each ship, including the enslaving ship, can only be affected by this rule once per turn. Ships affected by the enslaver may not fire the same weapon again in their own shooting phase activation. Neat. So, again, if you have weapons batteries and you think, man, you know what's great about weapons batteries? All those shots. You know what sucks is that if that ship fires weapons batteries and does a point to the shields, there'll be a blast marker in the way. No longer, my friend. No longer. When that other ship shoots, will it necessarily have to fire through a blast marker? You just do this. Enslaver Cogitator, 30 points. Mesh all of your weapons battery fire into insane precision that they all arrive in the same quarter second of each other uh, and ruin your opponent's whole day. Yeah, it's a nice little way to get a, to grab a squadron of battery escorts, just hijack their shooting phase, and add, you know... Say it's uh, four swords, you know? That's how many? 20 weapons batteries? No, it's 16. 16 weapons 16. batteries, because they have four each. Yeah. Four swords that are just nearby, lurking. You say, hey, hey, you guys, fire on my mark. And they're like, okay, boss. And bam, another 16 weapons batteries added to the pile. Yeah. Or again, no degradation not, necessary. Not to pick on that uh, poor Gothic, but that Gothic wants to unload all of its lances. And, oh, look, a squadron of Novas that happen to be hanging out nearby. Five more lances. Just have a bad time. Lances for everybody. Or maybe, you know, you're a, uh, you're a, a lunar, right? And you're, you're kind of, or you want to be a lunar. You know, you have weapons, batteries, or you have lances, but you don't have both. But you wish you had both. So you're a gothic and you want to fire at a target, but it still has shields. Hey, swords, fire, go. So you add weapons batteries to it, you bring down the shields, and now suddenly you've got a clear shot for lances. That's true. It's a fun time. Now, a note on the Enslaver Cogitator is that it's somewhat unique in the rule set and that it's not designed for this particular rule set. The Enslaver Cogitator is actually designed for the alternating activation rules. And if we can go a little further afield for a moment, 
Um, if you play Titanicus at all, and you uh, play a homebrew Legio using the defensive riser rules, there is a, uh, a Legion trait called Noble Lineage, where you can pair up Titans and they act in a squadron. And if you've played Titanicus at all, you know that squadrons of Titans activate all together. And now you can see where the benefit of that is in Battlefleet Gothic, is if you, one ship, need to do something, and you can't afford for your opponent to have an activation between the things you need to do, Enslaver Cogitator. Grab another ship, you're a squadron, you activate together, link arms, skip on down to a Blazing Hulk. Yep, it is a great time. Uh, but speaking of time, we are running short, or I guess long. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, have Stephen tell us about the Corpuscant Laser, which is another yes. thing that came to us uh, via the great Dan Abnett and Salvation's Reach. Yes, this is the last item in Moravec's armory, and it'll be the last thing we talk about this episode. Um, if you remember in Salvation's Reach, uh, Tormageddon Monstrum Rex had a laser weapon that could crack kind of like a whip uh, and just shear ships in half. Um, not entirely unlike uh, gauze weapons on the Necron Monolith, I guess. Uh, and then if you remember in Solar War, there's a point where a ship that isn't even all Battlefleet Gothic battles take place outside of visual range. This ship was outside of outside of visual range. It was so far away, but just had this laser weapon that they fired and just drug across the battle space, hitting everything in the way. Uh, the Corpusant laser is based on both of those weapons. Rare and poorly understood, these exotic beam weapons are devastating artillery pieces at long range, but can be reconfigured to inflict horrendous damage at close range, cracking open starship holes with ease. This weapon is mounted on the dorsal location for 40 points and replaces any weapon that was previously located there, and it may only fire in the front arc. This weapon may not be selected by any vessel with a Nova cannon. This weapon may not be fired if the ship is crippled, under Brace for Impact, Burn Retros, All Ahead Full, or Come to New Heading Special Orders. The Corpusant Laser actually has two, range, uh, two modes of fire. It has long range and short range, and plays a little bit like the older Guess Range Nova Cannon. Uh, so to fire at long range, you guess and declare two points of distance between 15 centimeters and 100 centimeters away from the firing ship. 180 centimeters. 180. Um... So, you draw a line one centimeter thick between those two points. Any unit, friend or foe, with a base overlapped by the line suffers 2d3 hits. Ordnance is hit and destroyed on a d6 roll of 4. Resilient ordnance, such as Thunderhawks, may still make its customary 4-up save where applicable. So this is the fire at a point and just move on down the line formation. Um... Like I said, kind of based off Nova Cannons in the sense that you have to guess the range. Uh, but if you zero in both of those points, you can really do some damage as you just nail every ship in a line. Great for pulling, a, pulling apart escort squadrons. Great for that classic uh, 
gothic lunar combo. They're right there. They're right next to each other. Just kill them both. And I will say, guess and declare two points of distance between 15 and 180 centimeters isn't, I'm going to put my finger down here and my finger down there. And as long as both of those points are between 15 and 180 centimeters, that's the line. No. You essentially, you pick a heading and you say 45 centimeters out, and then you pick another heading and go 15 centimeters out and whatever's between that line. Mm-hmm. So it is clumsy. Uh, <laughs> it like I'm not to toot my own horn. Um, <laughs> I've been playing war games since I was 11. I'm now Jesus. Uh, I've been doing this for more than 20 years. I'm very good at guess ranging. Um, Can attest. It's true. He is. I still have problems making this work. Uh, <laughs> so even though that 2D3 hits, like that'll smack a cri- like, that'll smack a cruiser, right? That's pretty pretty good bet of crippling it. Uh, it is hard trick to pull off, especially at the longer ranges. Uh, so be be not afraid as long as you don't have ships stacked directly behind each other. That's where it gets concerning. Yes. Um, it isn't written here, but it should bear noting that like the Nova Cannon, this weapon should be fired first. Uh, no firing off your 60-centimeter lances to try and get a get an eyeball on where to put those two points. Uh, the second way to shoot it is short range. Place the Nova Cannon template with the hole no more than 15 centimeters away from the firing ship and in the front arc. Any unit, friend or foe, with a base overlapped by the front half of the template suffers D3 hits. Um, Ordnance is uh, hit and destroyed on a D6 roll of 4. Shields and resilient ordnance offer no defense from these hits. So this is that laser crack that just rips a ship in half right off the bat. Um... So you got your little Nova Cannon base, and if you have one of those Nova Cannon uh, templates that doubles as a compass, right, like without having to flip it over, uh, it's that first, you have an entire 180 degrees to hit stuff with, um, but you just go 15 centimeters away, it's half the um, half the range of standard weapons batteries, and you aim it, and you just blast them. Yep, and you should note that this is not a guess weapon. Uh, 15, 15 centimeters or less, uh, that's, you know, being able to look out your window and see somebody, uh, it's pistol range in this. We didn't feel the need to make you guess because, well, it's so close. You can reach out and touch them and, <laughs> and you, you do will. <laughs> <laughs> with lasers. Yeah. God, we, so that's, that's corpus and laser. We have talked at you guys for like an hour and a half on this subject which is longer than we thought uh so i will leave you with this faithful there is no greater blasphemy against the machine than the impersonation of its divinity the emperor in his boundless arrogance misled us he glamoured even our most learned magi with his lies taking for himself the mantle of omnissiah all the while shackling great mars to frail ailing terra The deceiver gladly drank deep of our knowledge and exhausted our forges in his never-to-be-sated appetite for dominion of all things. And in return, he dared command us 
in what sacred knowledge we were allowed to pursue. He chained us to his will with his treaties and his decrees and his denial of our divine purpose. No more. Great Horus is the true ally of Mars, and we will burn his foes from our domains with laser and plasma and macro cannon down to toothless chain blades if we must. With me, faithful, for the War Master, for Sacred Mars. Aw, yeah. Don't worry, folks. We'll talk about ships soon. Until then, good hunting. Good hunting.